1: Well, welcome everybody into the first edition of Curbside Reaction. It'll be a new next day post-game podcast for Blues fans out there to tune in the morning after every single Blues game and get some reaction to the game, some post-game analysis and get a deeper idea into what happened the night before. Now, the Blues haven't played yet. The NHL season just started last night with three games. The Blues play Thursday night against the Dallas Stars. So Friday morning, we'll have a curbside reaction for you. But first off... We've got to get you set with what happened at the rest of training camp. After Saturday night's game against the Chicago Blackhawks right after the game, one of our favorite segments on the radio, we get a live reaction from a Blues coach. The last few seasons it had been Mike Van Ryn, Steve Ott kind enough to join us and take over that for us. Steve Ott joined us after the Blues victory over the Chicago Blackhawks and put camp into perspective.
2: It's been a hard grueling camp. Guys have uh, really committed to a lot of things in practice and it, it showed in this game as well
0: Steve a couple of players that needed to have big games here on the offensive side Jake neighbors Nikita Alexandra pretty much all those bubble guys. What did you think of all their
2: performances here tonight? You know what? Absolutely, I think they they came with a great mindset um, they were on pucks. Jake got into the middle for a great goal on that thing as well. And, you know, his games uh, kind of just continue to improve throughout training camp as well. So a lot of great things even from the young guys that continue to improve throughout training camp. And that's a positive sign of, of uh, you know, our great prospect pool kind of going forward is that they continue to get better. And it's, it's, it's great for us to see them continue as well.
1: What are you most encouraged about as camp comes to a close? Well, there's a lot of great things.
2: I'm going to start with the defensive side of things. I, I really like our D-zone coverage right now. I think uh, guys have really bought into that. It's a, It's been an element of improvement from last season. It's something we've really focused on, and uh, we're seeing some great routes on it. So uh, I really do think it's going to translate into the regular
1: season. All right, coming up in a few minutes, I'll give you my top 10 keys to a successful season for the St. Louis Blues. But first, let's go back to the reaction of training camp. I sat down with my broadcast partner, Joe Vitale, and we tried to put all the different aspects of training camp, certain players, systems, into perspective for you. Here's a breakdown. And let's start where Steve Ott started. We know that the Blues defensively, as a team, have to improve. The same defensive unit that two years ago helped the team to a 110-point season was the same defensive unit that struggled last year. You go back to 2018, the same defensive unit that missed the playoffs by a point was the same core that won the Stanley Cup the, the year later. A turnaround is very doable. Steve Ott said he was really encouraged. One of the big keys to this season is defensive zone coverage. What have you seen in camp that you like that much?
0: Yeah, I mean, like Steve said, you know, we, we commented on it in Columbus. We commented on it in Chicago. I mean, it is very obvious what is different Defensively, And for the fans out there who are questioning or concerned or thinking about this group of defensemen all pretty much back from last year, how are things going to change? Well, quite simply, uh, through a scheme change. And we've already seen it with the exact same players last year and how much better it already looks um, in just six months. And what that is is it's just less running around. It's less aggressiveness in the D zone. Um, For the most part, you're always going to have two men in the house from either the centerman and the 2D. Two of those three are always going to be in front. Uh, it's going to demand a lot from the centerman to be working and overworking in corners, working in layers. Uh, but the reality, and in, in, in to make this very, very easy to follow, defensively, they're keeping more bodies in the middle of the ice. It's going to be a five on a die, You know, two guys high, two guys low, and one, one planted right between the hash marks for the most part. Uh, if you're going to beat the Blues, they're basically telling you, you can beat us from the point, you can beat us from a tip, you can beat us from the half wall, but right now you're not going to beat us through a core grade A chance right between the hash marks. Too many, too many options last year, too many chances last year from that dangerous area, and they're looking to prevent that. Uh, so it is amazing to see the exact same group of defensemen back this season, but with a new coach and a new
1: scheme, it's already looking like two thumbs way up. You move that out then to how the team has moved up the ice, and all throughout these preseason games, when we've seen Gore's goal scored, Except for maybe one goal that comes to mind, I could be missing another one. But over eight games, if we're still only talking one or two goals, every other goal has come from the bottom of the or the top of the circles. In there has been a clear directive, a clear focus, but then also a clear buy-in by everybody in camp where they want to get the bodies to find those dirty goals.
0: Yeah, well, look at Jake Nabors' goal here tonight, and we've seen just about one in every game. Where instead of, you know, the Blues last year, they really prided themselves on getting chances and scoring goals off the rush. They had a lot of speed, a lot of skill, and that's certainly a tool you want to lean on at times throughout the season. But I think getting to the offensive zone, holding on to it, and getting bodies in front, you know, it's all connected. It all works together, and you have defensemen that are really good about fishing pucks through. I mean, and you add a Scott Prunovich, you already have Tory Krug and Justin Falk who are terrific at it. Nick Letty, shockingly, is is very good at it. He's known more for his defensive prowess, but he really can do a good job of getting pucks through as well. But for the defensemen, if they don't see any Blues jerseys in front, it's going to discourage them from throwing it there. So it really is twofold. Uh, it's about having players with the determination to get there. I think they do have the soldiers now, especially there on that bottom six, whether it be a Torbchenko, Oscar Sunquist. I mean, how many times do we see him just getting mauled in front of that? You know he's going to go there. Sammy Blay, big body, can't move him. Uh, Jake Naber scores a big goal there tonight, like we mentioned. He's done it plenty of times in the past there as well. Uh, and big Kevin Hayes again. He's a he's a guy that tips a lot of pucks, uh, very comfortable being on the blue paint. He's hard body to move. Uh, so this could be a really good uh alternative way to scoring on top of the speed and transition opportunities they're going to be getting this year
1: the two big offseason acquisitions or signings re-signing oscar sunquist the trade for kevin hayes putting those into the mix, putting those into the middle of things has really solidified the Blues down the middle from a center standpoint, and that cannot be understated in terms of its importance.
0: No, strength to the middle. Every general manager builds their team now with strength down the middle. You have to have good centermen that are good 200-foot centermen. You can't have you know, a group of skilled guys or a group of just defensive savvy guys. It's got to be 200-foot game across the board. With that being said, and you take it back to the defensive zone now, Torrey Krug and I were talking about it. In order for this scheme and this system to work very well, you have to have good centermen. You have to have big centermen. Centermen that are good at winning battles in corners, that are willing to get back and are willing to back check, track back. All the good things a 200-foot Centerman has, you have to have that in place for this defensive scheme to work. Uh, Craig Berube by Aden Hayes and Simon Sundquist. Uh, This is huge. I mean, these are big bodies that really take a lot of pride in the first 40 feet coming out from Bennington. And with that being said, uh, strength down the middle, the Blues group really does look solid down the middle there.
1: Two other aspects uh, of training camp. Well, maybe a a three-one, three to go. One, goaltending. It has looked very good, and not just the two guys that you wanted to look good in Bennington and Hofer, but Malcolm Subban had a yeah. terrific camp as well.
0: We just saw him there in the hallway. Uh, he He's obviously walking around. He's got to be very proud of the camp he had. I expect him to start there in Springfield and eat up a lot of games uh, up there in Massachusetts, and, and if there comes a time this year they need him, he, he will sub in very well. You move on to Joel Hofer. Uh, What can you say? He's a big body, and he moves just like Bennington. He takes up a lot of space. He's terrific playing the puck. He's very poised. He's primed. He he looks like a 10-year veteran the way he walks around, the way he conducts himself, mature beyond his years. So he's the backup, and he's going to win some big games. They're looking to get him about 25 to 30 if all goes right this year and to give Bennington a little bit more rest. Now what does Bennington do with the 50-plus games? I think with the extra rest, I think we're going to see more prime Bennington Back from that 19, 20, 21 seasons, that stretch is what we're looking at uh, for Jordan this year. And I tell you right now, if you could figure out a way to have this tandem find its zone, find a groove, uh, get them confidence early, Curbs, that's going to be the that's going to be the key to me. Because you look at all the goals that went in last year, and, and Jordan and Bolt Joel, they understand that there was some defensive breakdowns. But still, there's a lot of goals going in behind you. Get these guys in a rhythm early. That's where if the Blues can really establish your defensive game versus Dallas and Dallas, come home versus Seattle. You start to build something as you face the Penguins. If you really take away all those shots to the middle and you allow your goaltenders to see 20, 25 shots with the majority of them being from the perimeter, you're not only going to win some games, but you're going to start really getting some confidence and mojo back there on those goaltenders. And we all see Bennington when he can get on a run it could be a scary run. So to me, it starts with the defensive zone responsibilities. It's looked good so far. Allow that to translate into the goalies seeing a lot of shots from the outside. Build their confidence up. Everyone begins to trust each other a lot better. And, and again, you do all those right things. To me, those are those outlier tipping point type of uh, things. If you can establish early on,
1: you're going to find yourself in a lot of success. Two years ago, special teams were both the penalty kill and the power play in the top five. Last year, it could not avoid the downfall of every other aspect of the Blues game. Special teams have looked good this preseason. They
0: have, and I think a lot of it has to do with the players you've added. You know, you go from being one of the best with the Tyler Bozaks and the Steens, and he had a lot of players in that group uh, that ended up leaving. I don't think the Blues ever found that groove last year from the offensive side of things. And I think with a healthy Marco Scandella on defensively, who eats up a ton of penalty kill time, he's available. You add Hayes, who not only is great at killing penalties, but he will score you some short-handed goals. And I think, to me, one of the best penalty killers you added back was Oscar Sunquist. I think with those two veteran guys up top and a healthy Marco Scandella, there's a lot of reason to believe this penalty kill is going to improve. Uh, on the power play, the flip side, I think we're looking at a quarterback in Torrey Krug that's coming in with some major bite, some major jam based off the offseason he had. He's looked better and better in each and every game. This thomas kyrie Bucinavish line, I know it's preseason, but they look very comfortable together. Terrific passing. They're going to be on a unit themselves, so they're going to have a ton of time together to develop that chemistry and continue to grow together. So, again, I, I, I don't look at this preseason curve and see any red flags or, ooh, we will see how this goes. From goaltending out defensively, scheme-wise, identity-wise, power play, uh, the veterans, the guys you added, the personalities you added with Hayes and Oscar Sundquist, to name a couple, Uh, To me, it's just all thumbs up. Everyone stayed healthy for the most part. Torpchenko's dealing with something. We'll see how he is next week. But all in all, I would say over uh, just a very, very successful camp.
1: And lastly, as we wrap this up, uh, I don't know that in camp, I think camp went as you would have expected, and that's not a bad thing. And, And by that meaning, nobody jumped up. There weren't any camp surprises. There's no... Robbie Fabry, uh, David Perron finding their way into the lineup as 18-year-olds or 19-year-olds. It doesn't mean that those young guys didn't have productive camps. Dean looked good. You saw the future of what you're going to see with Dean, with Bolduc, with some of those other guys. You've had guys that have looked good. The guys that are battling for those fringe spots have made the decisions difficult on management. The fourth line, the, some third-line guys, the extra defensemen, how that's all going to play out. But in the end, Guys came into camp top to bottom, veterans and young players, and it looked like they all did what they were supposed to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say there was anyone that's going to make this team that you didn't think was going to make it two weeks ago. I think that if you would ask all the broadcasters and general managers and coaches, you know, give me your starting roster two weeks ago, I think it's going to be very close what we see, if not the exact one we see come Thursday. So it's not to your point that no one else really shined. I just don't know if anyone really just grabbed it, you know, in a way that uh, could have stood out above what what was already established with the Jake neighbors and a Tyler Tucker, but that's not, I guess that's not a disappointment. It's not a disappointment at all. I just think that there was already enough bubble players right there that just had really good camps and, and even kept uh, the rate of play up to a point where uh, they're noticeable and, and they're ready for the NHL. All these players, that are not, that will get sent down. They just need a little bit more seasoning. You know, it's just going to be interesting to see how Doug Armstrong gets creative with how he selects his roster, you know, because you look at all these bubble-type players, whether it be McEachern or Walker or Portuzo, Rosen, Tucker, I mean, Perunovic, pretty much the only player out of that grouping that does not need to clear waivers is maybe one of the best players that we've seen in camp, which was Jake Nabors. Yeah. So that's where it gets a little bit iffy. If Jake would have had just an okay camp, we'll send him down. Uh, he doesn't need to clear, and then you save save a roster spot for someone else like a, a Callie Rosen or, or maybe a Mackenzie McEachran. But the issue for, for Doug Armstrong is I think Jake Neighbors has played himself into this opening night roster. So now really you're looking at the rest of those five or six bubble players that all need to clear waivers curve. So it could be
1: interesting. Well, with the regular season starting tomorrow night, I put down what I think will be my top 10 keys for a successful season. Let's start with number 10, special teams. Two seasons ago, the Blues had terrific special teams. The penalty kill, the power play, both ranking in the top five. Like most of last season, the special teams really dropped off. In the preseason, yes, I know it's the preseason, we saw a very good penalty kill and we saw a very good power play, especially when Torrey Krug returned to the lineup. So obviously, special teams can win you games, but the penalty kill can absolutely control a game, and so special teams becomes a big key for the St. Louis Blues this season. A huge rebound from last year is going to be necessary. Number nine, second periods. Two seasons ago, the Blues were a fantastic second-period team. As a matter of fact, they had only allowed 73 goals. That was tied for the third-fewest goals allowed in the second period. Oh, what a difference a year makes. Last season, they allowed 106 goals, which was the fourth-most goals allowed. There were a lot of games last season that were either not won or definitely started to get away from the Blues in the second period. So stronger second periods, the importance of good, solid dumping so you can make clean line changes, not leaving your partner caught out on the ice because of a turnover. Second periods with that long change are a real critical factor, I think, for the St. Louis Blues this season. Number eight, how about now the full season additions of Jakub Varana and Kasperi Kapanen? They came into the Blues last season, both looked very good, both looked refreshed to have a change of scenery, but both also came into a team where the season was already lost. There wasn't a lot of pressure. Now both players are in contract seasons, both have something to prove. Both still have a lot to prove in terms of their ability on the ice to reach the potential of the skill that people have seen on a regular basis. And with those two players being in contract years and also playing top six, or definitely top nine roles for this hockey team, and on the power play like Verana, Kasperi Kapanen will be on both power plays and penalty kills. You're looking at a scenario where those two additions now in their first full season with the St. Louis Blues, a successful year for them, a productive year for them, will be critical to the Blues' success. All right, number seven. I put down Pavel Butchnevich's health. His ability to be in that lineup almost every single night, his size, his hockey IQ, his ability to be a power play player, a penalty kill player, his conscience five on five makes him maybe the Blues best all around player. So keeping that guy healthy is a critical point to the season. Now, in that sense, overall health is always critical but maybe this season even more critical for the St. Louis Blues because when you look down into the minor leagues and guys like Dean and Boldu going down, they're young. There's not a whole lot of NHL-proven, ready-to-come-up-and-make-an-impact players in Springfield, so I think the overall health of this team is going to be even more critical this season than in past seasons. All right, number six, Joel Hofer. Yep, I didn't go to Jordan Bennington. I went to Joel Hofer. Why? Well, I'm a Bennington honk. I think Jordan Bennington is poised to have a good year, and it goes without saying that a key to success for any team is going to be the starting goaltender. But the backup goaltender for the St. Louis Blues now is a big deal. Joel Hofer's 23 years of age. He's six foot five. The Blues would like to reduce Bennington's playing time from the 61 games of a season ago. So if the Blues are going to have success this season, Joel Hofer is going to have to be a good backup for the St. Louis Blues. And to give you an idea, go to last season's Jennings Trophy winning the Boston Bruins goaltending tandem of Allmark and Swayman. Yeah, they had an unbelievable regular season, backstopping Boston to maybe the, mo- to the most successful point total and win season total in league history. Well, Allmark only played in 49 games and Swayman only played in 24. Neither one of them hit the 50-game plateau. So when you think of how the Blues goaltending could work this season, yes, you can have a number one and a number two, but you need to see the workload divvied up a little bit better, and that makes Joel Hofer a huge key to the season. All right, this one should go without saying as we move into the top five. Number 5 faceoffs. Last year, the Blues 24th in the NHL in faceoff wins percentage at 48.5. Now, look, the official stats always vary differently than the coaches' staff, but even so, the Blues have to be a lot better on face-offs. The addition of Kevin Hayes, he was 49.5% last season. Braden Shen was 46.5%. The Blues really need Braden Shen to get closer to that 52% that he was in the 2021 season. Now, Robert Thomas had his best face-off season last year. First year, he was over at 50%, and he was at 52.9%. Robert Thomas is going to have to keep that going and get better with the amount of face-offs he's going to take. He will be taking more face-offs than anybody else on this Blues team. And then, of course, there's Oscar Sunquist centering the fourth line. Now, Oscar's face-offs have never really been great, but the Blues need to him to consistently get to about 45% this season to be successful. Strength down the middle, winning face-offs, being able to control some late-moment games with an offensive face-off win, a late defensive Zone win where you can clear the puck out. Power play faceoff wins help you keep the zone time in the offensive zone. Penalty kill faceoff wins help you get the puck out. Faceoffs are a key. Number four, you can't go to the top ten keys without talking about the development of Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyrou. Robert Thomas at 24 years of age entering his sixth full season in the NHL. Kyrou entering his fourth full season in the NHL at 25 years of age. Not even talking about the contracts. That is what it is. And these guys earning the points that they're going to get, those contracts will be values. But their game against the other team's top players, defensively and offensively, and the continued growth in that department is an absolutely critical aspect of Blues' success this season. They are going to be getting most of the tough matchups. They are going to be getting most of the key ice time. Those two guys are going to have to find a way to succeed while staring down the best of every single NHL team every single night, and that will eventually lead to our top key. But first, the third key, second efforts on pucks. One of the things that made Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron so successful was if they lost the puck, they got it back, and especially in the offensive zone. Their wall play was flat-out excellent. Last season, we saw a lot of one-and-dones with the St. Louis Blues. Maybe it was a shot on goal, and the other team cleared it out. Maybe it was a lost puck battle along the wall, and the other team cleared it out. This season... The St. Louis Blues are going to have to find some extra puck grit in that offensive zone, and if they've lost the puck, be able to get it back, not just a second time, but a third time, and keep some offensive zone time going. So second and third efforts on pucks is a major part of puck control in a Craig Berube system, and that's our number three key to a successful season for the St. Louis Blues. All right, number two. Defensive zone accountability, and this isn't just talking about a resurgent year of what could be the most veteran decor in the National Hockey League in terms of just the players with the title defensemen. This is everybody involved. They brought in a new coach in Mike Weber. They've adjusted the defensive zone system. It looked really good. You heard from Steve Ott earlier in the podcast about the way that the team has bought into that system. But the defensive zone accountability is going to be huge. Far too many grade A scoring chances, far too many rebound goals, far too many backdoor tap-ins for the opposition last season. Defensive zone accountability has to come first, and that may mean that for the St. Louis Blues to be a playoff team this season, they're going to have to find a way to be on the winning side of a lot more close games in terms of three to two, two to one, maybe even some one nothing games. they've got to find a way to win those close games. And then the number one aspect and key to a successful season for the St. Louis Blues, team toughness. Craig Barubi touched on this, and team toughness does not mean having to wipe the guy's face, get into a fight. It's just standing up together, the battle along the wall, the ability to take a hit, the ability to keep the puck, that type of toughness, but then maybe the most important kind, mental toughness. The NHL season is a mental grind. You feel like the playoffs are on the line from game number one. And it's not, as Craig Berube said, mental toughness from one game to the next even. It's from one shift to the next. Can the Blues handle the ebbs and flows? Do they have the maturity to handle the highs and lows? of a period of a shift of a game and can they battle back when things start to go south you're gonna have stretches of hockey where you're not gonna win some games you might lose two or three in a row you might even lose more than that do you have the ability to battle back and find your game and have the mental toughness that it takes to win the grind of an 82 game nhl regular season it's something we didn't see a lot of last season and if you're gonna be successful you have to have that to win in the National Hockey League. So those are my top 10 keys to a successful regular season. We've got the Blues. We've got the Dallas Stars. We've got game one coming your way Thursday night, and that is a 6 o'clock local St. Louis-time pregame show, a 7 o'clock puck drop in Dallas, the season opener for both teams. Thanks for tuning in to this first-ever edition of Curbside Reaction, We'll have post game reaction for you each and every morning following a Blues game. And make sure you download and subscribe to the Curbside Podcast. And let's have a great start to the season.